0: What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Boobie Gibson. I'm Josh Creed. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. you listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with a right hand. Ladies
1: and gentlemen. Live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk with the latest in sports news.
2: Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champion. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chicken.
1: In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> <laughs> And of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum, and you can go on the. You know
0: what? (laughs) (laughs) It's only game. Why you have to be mad? (laughs) Just the same old Browns. You know, bro, hard run pitch.
1: I think that was textbook top cheese.
0: Cleveland, this is for
1: you. From the best that Ohio sports has to offer to the best of the Akron Zips, now it's time for S-P-T. Ladies and gentlemen, from Northeast Ohio and beyond, you're listening to the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. This is Sports Power Talk live from the University of Akron. I'm Jake Marin, and I'm back as the host of SPT. Shout out to Alex Henry who hosted last week giving me a week to recover from getting my wisdom teeth taken out but I'm back and I'm ready for a fantastic edition of Sports Power Talk today. Without further ado let me introduce I'm joined by on today's show. First, you hear his voice on Hockey Talk on SBT Overtime. Unfortunately, he's a fan of the black and yellow. It remains to be seen if
2: somebody or something is getting rushed today. It is Casey Rush. Uh, Nobody's going to get rushed today. I'm back from a very short spring break, but I get to talk sports with you guys. Let's do it. Fair enough, Casey. How was the spring break? It was awesome. I get to melt my brain for
1: six days. It's awesome. (laughs) There you go. And second, he's coined as the most entertaining member of WZIP Sports. We'll see how spicy things get during Hot Mike today. Of course, I'm talking about Mark Sanderson.
0: Someone tell Spike Lee to move on over. There's no bigger Knicks fan than me.
1: Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, Marcus. We had a conversation before we went on air. I asked you what fan or what NFL team are you supporting this week, and it's still undecided. I hear.
0: Oh uh, no, I might go back to be a New York Giants fan. I, I'm I'm liking what they do in this off season. I mean, training for Darren Waller, one of the best tight ends in the league. Other signings to improve their defense, top ten last season. I really like the future for them I and mean, contract extension for da- Daniel Jones. I got a feeling like he could be an elite quarterback in this league for real.
1: Daniel Jones and the word elite do not pair together, no, I, I hate really to break team, it yeah. don't go to you, man. Together.
0: He still has nobody to throw the ball to. I know
1: they got Darren Waller, but at wide receiver they're still relatively weak. I
0: mean, we got started with Shepard coming back and then cover You never know.
1: <laughs> Seriously. You never know, Marcus.
0: You never know. Hey, I'm like at the Giants, though. I like the Giants. How was the spring break? I right, it was quick. quick it yeah. was pretty mellow. Right, I got great. invited by some friends to go Panama Say, but I just want to save some money, you know. I've been to Panama Say before, so it was a if it was Miami or New Orleans that yeah, i would probably say yes. Alright, don't let
1: Logan let. Don't tell Logan that you were considering going to Miami. Just played <laughs> inflate his ego way too much. He's yeah, yeah. down in Dayton right now living it up. So let Logan do what Logan does. And Marcus, stay here. You're, you're good here saving yeah, the money having a good spring break. But it was too quick. Of course, we're back here for Sports Power Talk. Of course, the spring semester resumes this week. I have to say, though, at the top of today's show, that I haven't been this excited about a Sports Power Talk in a long time. And the reason for that? Baseball. The reason? Wow. MLB, The reason opening day is soon upon us. We'll kick off the second hour of today's show by answering your questions from our Twitter page at WZIP sports and hot Mike. Then we have an entire season of baseball to preview. I can't wait for that. We'll talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers and how this team will play in the playoffs in half an hour. Also a touch on the latest with the NCAA tournament. Let's get into some football, though, to start the show. Even in its offseason, the sport of football finds a way to dominate the headlines. Of course, we're in week two of NFL Free Agency. We'll discuss where we see current free agents going. But first, the Cleveland Browns. They were inactive week one. They were also active in week two. So let's talk about it by starting with Elijah Moore and the trade that happened between the Browns and the New York Jets. The Browns received wide receiver Elijah Moore and a 2023 third round pick. It's number 74 overall. And the Jets received the number 42 overall pick in the second round. That was the, the highest draft pick that the Browns had this year in the NFL draft Guys, I'll throw it right
2: over to you first. What do you think about this trade for both parties, really? Well, well, for the Browns, you got another speedy wide receiver to complement Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones. While you guys aren't going to pick in the 3rd round again, you guys you guys make up for it because you do get some pretty sexy named defenders in the draft and they usually don't pan out on paper because of the Browns, but hey, You're doing something on paper, I'll at least least say that. And the Jets, they do get a second-round pick for the trouble. So hopefully the Jets don't buff-fumble another draft, but we'll just wait and see.
0: Yeah, with this trade for Elijah Moore and plus signing on Marquise Goodwin, uh, I... Think they just the Browns are just adding to their offense what they've been needing and needing for a long time, and that is speed. You got two speedy deep threats in Marquise Goodwin and Elijah Moore. You know Elijah Moore with issues he had with the offense with the Jets last season. He could he could bloom in this offense really. And with the Jets, this is just draft capital they're trying to gain to make the Aaron Rodgers trade possible for them. I mean they already get McCole Hardman and get his play for Green Bay. Allen Lazard. I think the Jets. Just really try to make things right for Aaron Rodgers, and other than that, yeah, it's 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 great for both sides.
1: Yeah, if that trade ends up going through for the New York Jets and the Green Bay Packers, we'll talk about that here momentarily. But sticking with Elijah Moore for now, you mentioned his speed, Casey, and I think that's really key, adding to this Browns wide receiver core here. I know there was a lot of concern, especially for Matt Pramuka, who knows football more than really anybody up here at WCIP Sports, especially as it relates to the Cleveland Browns. And he had some concerns about Elijah Moore's ability to play in the slot, and last year he did play 50% of snaps from the slot position. I think he's going to excel there alongside Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones. 16 games last year with New York, 65 targets, 37 catches, Only 446 yards and one touchdown, but with New York last year, they were going through quarterbacks like crazy, so not surprising to see those numbers there from Elijah Moore last season. He also has two years left on his rookie contract, so it's not like he's going to be an expensive wide receiver for the foreseeable future for the Browns. Maybe gives us some capital to re-sign Amari Cooper when his deal expires. My biggest question to you guys, though, is Elijah Moore enough? Is he the guy we needed? Because, you know, we had names like Brandon Cooks and Adam Thielen on the board. Of course, Brandon Cooks went (laughs) to Dallas and Adam Thielen with the Carolina Panthers. Was this enough for the Cleveland Browns this year?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely enough. I don't think it's been a long time since we really had a true possession, third down, go-to guy, and we could get. We could get that Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore could definitely be that guy for us all offense. Wherever we need that crucial fourth down or crucial third or long, he could be that guy. And else, yeah, he could really be that guy for this offense.
2: It hey, maybe too soon to tell, but you guys are definitely doing very well on paper. And, Marcus, you touched on Marquise Goodwin earlier. That's very good veteran leadership for the young guns on the roster, especially with Cooper and Peoples-Jones. And since 2017, he has no less than – he caught no less than 50% of his passes in a season. He is very dangerous when it comes to the deep ball, and that's Deshaun Watson's specialty. And the problem with Good Marquise Goodwin is that he is injury-prone, and as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be a very good addition to that offense. So on paper, you guys are doing pretty well, but let's see what happens come September, and then we'll do some talking.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. And one more thing with the Elijah Moore trade. It's almost like moving back 32 32- picks in the NFL draft and getting a guy as talented as Elijah Moore I think overall the Browns won this trade of course the Jets not a bad return either I guess but I don't know I just I don't want to sit at the end of the 2023 season and think to ourselves we could have gone further if we got better wide receivers in this Mm offseason and that's a scary thought to have because there were wide receivers on the board that I was intrigued by I really wanted Adam Thielen in Cleveland Oh, Unfortunately, that didn't happen, but we did get Elijah Moore, and you guys mentioned him, Marquise Goodwin as well. We got him on a one-year deal. He's 32 years old, but he's just a track star wide receiver. 13 games with Seattle last year, 42 targets, 27 catches, 387 yards, and four touchdowns. Biggest thing with this deal, though, it's almost like a farewell to Anthony Schwartz. Likely sure, yeah, won't definitely. have to see him on the, on the field. Anymore. Absolutely. Yeah, so we likely won't have to see him on the fo- on the uh, field anymore. And Marquise Goodwin likely going to be a wide receiver four alongside Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, and Donovan Peoples Jones. That's a pretty reliable wide receiver four piece oh, yeah, in my definitely. opinion. He's oh, yeah, been definitely he's never been like a reliable guy to play an entire season, but he could have some breakout games. And he adds that speed and depth to a wide receiver room that I think the Browns need. He's a great wide receiver piece or wide receiver four-piece, like I mentioned. And if you have guys fall now, you have the depth at wide receiver to feel comfortable with the Cleveland Browns right now.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I know last season it was if Amari Cooper goes down, the Browns are going to be miserable on offense. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest scare going into this offseason. That's why the wide receiver position was a position in need, because if Amari Cooper or Donovan Peoples-Jones goes down, we have Nobody. Now Samari Cooper misses three games this year. I think there's still some confidence that uh, Deshaun Watson and company are gonna be able to make, get it done. So I think that's big for the Browns there signing Josh Dobbs or er, signing Marquise Goodwin and Elijah Moore. Now we're gonna get into the Josh Dobbs signing. Of course, we brought back <laughs> Josh Dobbs on a one-year, two million dollar fully guaranteed deal. He was released by the Browns last season once Deshaun Watson came back from suspension. He threw for 411 yards with two touchdowns, two interceptions, and two starts with the Titans last season. And he's likely going to compete with Kellen Mond for the backup role to Deshaun Watson. What do you guys make of this deal bringing back the rocket scientist that is Josh Dobbs? I mean...
0: Oh my! Oh wow! Oh, I just, go. <laughs> I just enjoy watching him. I remember watching him back at Tennessee where he was balling out for the Volunteers. I mean, I think he's the second best quarterback in their school history, being right behind Peyton Manning. He, he was the least exciting, one of the most exciting. But with this signing, I mean, I just glad to see him back. I would like to see him like maybe get in the game with during gar- garbage time once in a while, maybe. Yeah, Maybe during the last week of the season, maybe when the Browns finally clinch a playoff spot for the first time in two years. <laughs> and then, yeah, I just would like to see him get on the field, really, besides in the preseason game.
1: Is there a reality in the preseason where Josh Dobbs shines like he did last year and people want him to start over Deshaun
2: Watson? I know Browns fans are delusional absolutely. at times. I, I don't think so. But. I feel like there's going to be a small following that are going to root for Josh Dobbs to start. Yeah. As a Steelers fan, it was nice to see Josh Dobbs get a couple starts. Unfortunately, it was too, Unfortunately, it was with the Titans team that was in the middle of a huge implosion last year. He, he already served a tour of duty with the Browns, so he does know the team pretty, pretty well. So, all you guys are hoping for is if, is if he can keep the interceptions down when he doesn't get chucked out there, then you guys are you guys are in pretty good shape it could happen
1: yeah I think he's a serviceable backup in case anything does happen to Deshaun Watson you mentioned that he knows the system Casey and Mm -hmm. I do think there's going to be some type of following for Josh Dobbs this preseason hoping that he starts over Deshaun Watson I'm not going to be in that following but I can just see it now on Brown's Twitter people calling for Josh Dobbs to be QB1 this season I know it's I know it's insane right now on March 26th saying that, but I do see that happening come the preseason. Let's talk about the Browns' offseason total, though, and let's grade it. But I'll recap it here for you first. We did release John Johnson III and Jadavion Clowney. We signed, all right, here we go, Ogbanya Okoronkwo. I think I nailed that. I think I nailed that. Double O. What do you guys think? Grade me on that pronunciation of that name. Did I get it right?
0: Uh, nearly. Nearly. You almost got I don't it. Don't even almost?
1: Say. I don't even know how to pronounce it. So
0: Yeah, me you I get don't a name like, for it. I know the <laughs> first name.
1: The first name is not too bad. Too bad. Ogbania. And then the last name, I think, is Okoronkwo. But... I don't know. I might be wrong. I'm just going to call him double O. I know he goes by Oboe as well. We'll see. We also signed Dalvin Tomlinson, Juan Thornhill, Jordan Akins, Josh Dobbs, and Marquise Goodwin. We re-signed Ethan Posich, uh, A.J. Green, Anthony Walker, and Taki Takitaki. And then we traded for Elijah Moore, of course. I'll throw it over to you guys. Give me a grade for the Browns off-season so far.
0: I'll say just a straight-up B, pretty much. I mean, every. If there was a version if you want to see a version of money ball in professional football this would be it I mean you're paying less and you're getting pretty much a decent at least decent for decent players for your system so pretty much and not to spend big I mean everybody thinking that we should everybody suggests that we should trade for one of these big superstars like DeAndre Hopkins for the wide receiver position get Two great wideouts, but now nah, we just spending cheap, spending all good players, and we just make it worth it.
2: Yeah, actually, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give the Browns a higher grade. I'm gonna say an A minus because first off, you free Dalvin Tomlinson from the defensive gone show known as the Vikings because you don't. He doesn't have Ed Donatel holding him back, and Juan Thornhill with during his four year stint with the Chiefs, he had eight interceptions, twenty passes defended, and two hundred and thirty four tackles. and his major concern is health issues, but the secondary should be absolutely all right if you guys stay healthy. Now, you guys did lose to Davion Clowney and Chase Winovich, but as I mentioned before, you guys get all the big-name defenders that are severely underrated in the draft, so I'm not too worried about that front for you guys. And you guys did keep Takitaki, which is a vi- which is a valuable piece for your D-line, so I think you guys should be all okay.
0: right. Yeah, I forgot to mention, I mean... That's Those are not even their greatest uh, off-season moves. Their greatest off-season move, I will say, is not even a player but a coach. I was signing Jim Schwartz, hiring Jim Schwartz as their defensive coordinator, and he has a, one of the greatest defensive minds in this league for a long time. He's been working this decade for like three decades, since the 90s, working with some of the greatest defensive players in the league that the league has ever witnessed. He has a great reputation. I think that will be a great move for us.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great point to make, and that's another thing that you can consider when giving them an offseason grade is that hiring for Jim Schwartz for our defensive coordinator position. For my grade for the Browns offseason, it's actually right in the middle of both years. I give them a B plus. Signing of uh, Bania was a huge team-friendly deal. Tomlinson and Thornhill were good additions to the defensive uh, side of the ball as well. The biggest questions in my mind, though, are if Moore and Goodwin were enough to bolster our wide receiver core, like I talked about. I just don't want to look back and look at this offseason and wish that we had done more when it came to getting wide receivers. No pun intended there. We we made a lot of good moves, but nothing too splashy or high profile to give them anything higher than a B-plus, in my opinion. And, Marcus, while you're talking about the Browns, I noticed you using the words us and we... What's it going to take? I, I
0: really said that.
1: <laughs> What's it going to take for the Browns to buy, who knows, a week, a month of your loyalty? Oh,
0: come on. Please don't put words wrong. I did not say we.
1: Were. <laughs> you said we. When talking about Jim Schwartz, really? you said, like, yeah, that was a good signing for us.
0: Oh, my goodness. I really said that. I really said we. <laughs> hey, don't get twisted, guys. I don't get twisted, Clearingers. I'm not claiming the Browns as my team. They will never be my team. Never. Yeah, never. Marcus the day
1: I No. They like
0: <laughs> eventually
1: make a Super Bowl, and then you're gonna be all for
0: it. Yeah, when freshest started walking on land, <laughs> I mean, I'm, not gonna, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's gonna happen, Marcus. <laughs> I'm just doing. saying
1: that's that might have to happen for it to get for it to bring you to the other side of this and. Just don't go back to the Steelers ever. Please. Just please do. Ever. Please do. I mean, come on. You know, you know their trajectory right now, it's just straight downhill. Nothing Join good going over there. Nothing good
0: going over there in Pittsburgh. I mean, I see good things with them too. I see good things with but them. They're also rooting for the Giants right now. <laughs> Hey, it's, I no just love
2: it's Marcus. He's all over right. the place. You I, know I that. just
0: love football too much. I can't stick with one team. Yeah, I, that's like, why you're, oh, you're the oh, NFL man. widow. That's <laughs> <why>. hey, <laughs> hey, people in India are allowed to have nine wives. Why can't I have nine favorite teams? <laughs> oh,
1: goodness. How do we recover from this, guys? I don't even know. I don't know. All right. I have a question to ask you guys as it pertains to this Cleveland Browns. Off season. Something I've been looking forward to asking you guys as I was making the outline for today's show. With everything in consideration, just the Browns roster, how they played last year, and now all these offseason moves and acquisitions, the Browns are a top blank team in the NFL. That is what we are going to talk about and debate here. They're a top blank team in the NFL. Casey, I'll give it to you first.
2: It's, it's difficult to predict, especially knowing what the Browns have been going through all these years. I still see the Browns as a top 16 team. I still see you guys in the middle of the pack, because with all the other teams getting all these big names, I hope it's it's not the case for your sake. For your sake, Jake, but part of me wonders how the bad luck snakes are going to bite you again, because that's usually what happens with the Browns team. I still see you guys in the middle of the pack. Wow, top 16. That's pretty low, and... Don't, you don't have to throw me in as a Browns fan, Casey. I'm a Buccaneers fan. Come on.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. No, no,
2: no, no, no. Let me rephrase that for everybody. You're not a Buccaneers fan, you're a Mayfield fan. That's what yeah. you, that's 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 your translation, guys. Absolutely. I guess
1: Tampa Baker is a thing now. I hate that. Oh, God. <laughs> Tampa Bay was great. Tampa Baker is terrible. Yeah. They can never say, creative. Creative. No. Yeah, never say that again.
0: Never say that again. That sounds creative. so
1: horrible. He's going to light it up here. It, implies, a, like, NXT,
2: it, it implies he's going to be faking turnovers during his time with the Buccaneers. Don't say that ever again. Yeah, well, you're going to be crying watching the Steelers every single week. <laughs> so <laughs> so what? what? Yeah, exactly. So, what? so what? normally during the fourth quarter, though.
1: Let me just say <laughs> that. <laughs> Marcus, the Browns are a top what team in the NFL? I will
0: say top 16, too. I Like about either 15 or 16. Wow, these are low numbers, guys. I mean, slightly above the New Orleans Saints, slightly above. Interesting.
2: It's the Browns. You can't keep your expectations that high.
1: (laughs) I mean, I I, see sometimes I'm optimistic up here. Other times I'm a realist and I can shoot right down the middle and tell you if I think my favorite team is going to go far or not. And I feel like I was pretty real with my ranking here for the Browns. And you guys going top 16, top 15 is really surprising to me because I think the Browns are a top 16 or six team in the NFL. That's where I have them. I think the following teams are absolutely better. I'll give you guys this. The Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Eagles, and the 49ers. Those teams are better than the Cleveland Browns right now. So those are the top five. Bangle or the Browns would be number six, but there are other teams that could be considered better than the Browns as well. So
0: you think they could be better than the Ravens?
1: I think so, yeah. Come on, Jay. Well this let me let me continue. My next field of teams that could be better than the Browns this season, I have the Chargers, Dolphins, Ravens, Vikings,
2: Cowboys. Come on, Jake. Even Matt doesn't have that much optimism. Could be. <laughs> oh, I think
1: Matt I think Matt could be like
2: I think Matt could Wait,
0: be you say, the top four. You say those teams could be. I mean, I don't they think they be. already are. I mean, you mentioned the Dolphins, the Cowboys. I mean you mentioned like you mentioned two Super Bowl contending teams. You think come. the Dolphins are a
1: Super Bowl contending yes, team?
0: Absolutely. Even yeah, the Cowboys, that's the most that's...
1: ludicrous thing said
2: in this segment. <laughs> no, <laughs> in a division with the Bills and Patriots, really? No, they well, I don't be think the Patriots are anything special. Team. Well, no, the Patriots aren't anything special, but it's the Patriots. It's still Bill Belichick's team. You well, don't know. what to Yeah, expect. the the Bills are special. It's no. Tua
1: that you know his health. Who knows if they're going to be good.
0: Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: Especially down the stretch of yeah. an NFL season. Who I mean, after,
0: after hiring Vic Fangio as their DC and then trading for Jalen Ramsey, I mean, you about to make the most lethal cornerback duo in the league with him and Xavier Howard. And also with the Cowboys, I, I'm going to give them one more chance. I'm going to give those guys one more chance. If they don't do this year, I'm cutting them loose officially. I don't know, guys. I I mean, I even think the Jaguars could be better than Browns, ja- well. the Browns. Wow, the Jaguars. Well, yes. Yeah, the Jaguars
2: <laughs> are definitely on the up and up. Let's be real.
0: Are the Browns not?
1: No. Nah. I mean, I'll be the first one to say it that Deshaun Watson is still very unproven with Look, the Browns.
0: If this yeah. fo- the Browns, if this football team was a person. Se- It'll be Steve Urkel. I remember every Family Matters episode, as long as Steve Urkel is around, something's going to break or something's going to go wrong, no matter what, as long as Steve Urkel is around. I I get the same feeling watching the Browns every Sunday. No matter how much they're winning by each game, something's going to go wrong. I guarantee you, something's gonna go wrong. They could be winning by twenty-eight to zero. Something's gonna go wrong. So how many?
2: So Marcus, how many times do you think the Browns are going to be like?
0: Did I do that? Like <laughs> ten times. <laughs> ten times this year.
2: Well, Marcus,
1: it's a good thing that you're going to be watching the Giants like, every Sunday and yeah. watching that miserable I mean, team in New York rather than the Cleveland Browns. Uh, 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 New Jersey, get hey, it right.
0: Hey, we not only made it to the playoffs; we made it to the second round of the playoffs. Congratulations! What did that do for okay, you? Wait a second. Where were you guys at? You, Where were you guys at? Who
2: cares? What did you the faced, Giants do last? You week? Faced, like, you faced the Vikings in the first round. They couldn't even stop a pylon on the road if they faced I mean, them.
0: Correct. That that loss to the New York Jets in Week Two told me everything about the Browns. Yeah. yeah, this was no surprise to me. A even, team led by Jacoby Brissett told you everything about the I mean, Browns. I mean, y'all always lose that way. You were the y'all first one up here
1: way. at WZIP Sports to. Yeah. Congratulate the Browns for okay. signing Deshaun Watson. What are we talking
0: about? You guys even make you guys even make Winnie look ugly. Y'all you the only team I mean, in the airbound yes, that the Steelers, make Winnie look ugly. Yes, Marcus. Marcus the
2: Steelers do it too? Which is the Cleveland, that is the Cleveland
1: Browns <laughs> identity. We're not a good football organization, Marcus. I hate to break it to you. They've been terrible oh. my entire twenty one years of life. Oh, that's that's
0: flash dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Last year, of course, we're going to win in terrible ways. We're going to lose in terrible ways. That's the Browns' way, but at least there's some optimism. There's some hope with Deshaun Watson at the helm. And I, of course, don't support Deshaun Watson, but I know you have been up here on these airways okay, at WZIP Sports.
0: He my fav- he's the only favorite thing about the Cleveland Browns. But he's you the said the that I like you, you knew about everything about the
1: Browns when they were led by Jacoby Brissett out there. He's the only- <laughs> It makes no sense, Marcus. It makes no sense. No no way did I foresee me getting this heated about the Cleveland Browns of all things on today's show when we have an hour of baseball talk to get to later on. Oh my God. We'll move on from that, though. Just a couple more questions I have for you guys before we had to break as it relates to the NFL offseason. We're going to run through these. Where do the following players play next season? First, I hate saying his
2: name. Odell Beckham Jr., where does he play next year? Well, considering you hate doing, considering you hate saying his name, I'm pretty sure you're going to hate where he, where I have him going potentially. I have my first option is the Cowboys because Dalton Schultz is hidden free agency, and both he and Michael Gallup can share a wide receiver two role with behind C.D. Lamb. But hopefully, he saves America and goes with the Bills instead because this would give Josh Allen a good wide receiver two behind Stephon Diggs, and this would possibly give Buffalo that one piece away <coughs> from making it over the top.
1: Yeah, he wants to join a contender. I actually have the Bills as well, Marcus. Where do you think OBJ lands?
0: I mean, the kind of person he is, knowing how he is, uh, he might go. He might play for the Chargers, get, get himself a ring, or he might play for either one of the New York teams. Actually, New Jersey teams. I'll say either the Jets or the Giants. Come back to the Giants. I like, I love to see that. All right, or fair, come back fair. to his hometown and play for the Saints.
1: Yeah, We'll we'll see where OBJ lands. Regardless, I don't really care where he goes. I don't care how he plays. Next up, Aaron Rodgers. I know, like, the Jets is likely, but every single day that this trade doesn't happen, this deal does not go down, I'm kind of losing faith in it. Not too much faith, but
2: a little bit. What do you guys think? Hey, Jake, sometimes it takes, like, a little over over two days or a little over a month to get... A contract situated. I still think he's gonna play with the Jets. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of when is it gonna be official.
0: I haven't been this anxious since seeing LeBron make the decision that he's taking his talents to South Beach. I have been that anxious since then. Uh. I'm anxious <laughs> now. You and just, just I, brought back bad memories like <laughs> Sorry, sorry about that Cleveland. Sorry about that Casey. But anyways uh, this could eventually happen it slowly And the Jets, with all these other trades for receivers and try to gain draft capital, I think it could happen. Eventually, they might have to give up that first rounder they have, but it could eventually happen.
1: Yeah, I still see him going to New York. I just, I think it would be so funny if the Packers built this team around Aaron Rodgers and then didn't get yeah. Aaron Rodgers, I just think it would be hilarious. It would be awesome. such a New York yeah, Jet definitely. thing to do, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: this could easily happen because the Jets got two first-round picks. They could easily... They could hand Green Bay one their first round, and this could easily happen.
2: Yeah, could be. Next up on the list, we have Ezekiel Elliott. <sighs> For Zeke, the more realistic spot for him would be the Bengals because the Bengals did lose P. Ryan to the Broncos. So Zeke could be a good insurance policy for Joe Mixon, but the evil side of me wants him to go from the Cowboys to the Philadelphia Eagles because they lost Miles Sanders, but they added Rashad Penny. Just imagine the rushing core for this Eagles team. Rashad Penny, Zeke, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. If Eagles fans are not salivating at that, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I agree with you again, Casey. I have him going to the Eagles. Although, you know, I know I'm
1: a Browns fan, and I shouldn't want him to go to the Bengals because they would improve if they got a guy like Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. I love to see Ezekiel Elliott with Bengals. Just something about him playing for Cincinnati alongside Joe Burrow in those uniforms just gives me, as a Buckeye fan as well, it gives me some hope. I, I would love to see it, even though it would ultimately hurt the Browns' chances in the AFC North. Ezekiel Elliott, where does he go, Marcus?
0: Buffalo Bills. I think the Buffalo Bills are would be in desperate need of a running back like Ezekiel Elliott. He's not the same Ezekiel Elliott as like three years ago. He's not that same, but he could be coming back to that same Ezekiel Elliott who led the league in rushing yards for like for like two of his first three seasons. Could have been his first three seasons. He could be that same guy again for the Buffalo Bills. But if they get back like Ezekiel Elliott or any back of it average at best, they could make it to the Super Bowl. They could finally make that leap over and get into the Super Bowl and maybe win it. I can see time.
2: I can see that as well, Marcus. Considering the Bills did lose Devin Singletary, that would definitely give them a good replacement right Absolutely. there. Yeah, it really could. One more name before we head into our first break of today's show,
1: DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, there's trade rumors surrounding the wide receiver's name here. Marcus, I'll, I'll go to you first on this one. Where does he land?
0: I see him going to the New England Patriots. Even like, though know, the Giants don't count us out for the Giants. I mean, those are. it seems like in financial stability, like if you talk about teams that will still be financially stable or if they get DeAndre Hawkins or could afford DeAndre Hawkins, it will be the Patriots. Because, you know, every, y'all know how cheap the Patriots can be. Y'all, you, everybody knows how cheap Bill Belichick is. I'm not saying he's cheap, but he's careful with what he – with the players he signs and what he spends, and they could really afford DeAndre Hawkins. I can see him going back to the playoffs, and it would be a nice duel in with him and Mac Jones.
2: I actually have a different AFC East team. I can also see him going with the Bills because, again, that suffering wide receiver two slot behind Stephon Diggs. But I could also see him going to the Ravens because they lost their tight end Josh Oliver, so that could definitely fill the void. And if you give Lamar Jackson a contract, finally, so he could shut up, they can. this would actually give him a very good option to throw to. Yeah, it would. I have the
1: Giants here, Marcus. And maybe that's exactly what you want to hear right now. That's I have them awesome. going to the Giants. Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, and Paris Campbell aren't going to cut it. Hopkins with Darren Waller would be huge. And I think it would give Daniel Jones a shot to prove that he deserves to be a starting quarterback in this league, which he hasn't proven yet. We'll see if he proves it next year, and who knows, Marcus, maybe they'll retain more than a week of your loyalty. (laughs)
0: Okay. Who knows? knows? Hey, 2012 was the happiest time of my life, I'll say. One of the happiest times.
2: You peaked in 2012. Wow. 2012. No, the year. It was supposed to be the scariest year in (laughs) history.
0: I know. That's the year we beat the Patriots for the second time in the Super Bowl. Here you are using the words we and us again. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Who knows, man? Who knows what team it'll be next week, next time you're on Sports Power Talk, man.
0: I once (laughs) cried when they once lost to the Eagles. I get teary-eyed when they lose to the Cowboys each time. I used to get (laughs) teary-eyed.
2: Fair enough, Marcus.
0: It is overdue for us to head into our first
1: break of today's Sports Power Talk. When we return, we'll transition to the Cleveland Cavaliers, talk about their chances heading into the the NBA playoffs this year, and also we'll touch on the NCAA tournament. A whole lot of show left today for Sports Power Talk. Don't go anywhere. everyone and welcome back to the best sports talk show this side of lake erie you're tuning in to sports power talk my name is jake Murn, the host of your show today and today i'm joined by two
2: great analysts on the other side of the desk first casey rush jake Murn, and goat i see you on twitter just because i said the ravens were gonna get deandre hopkins doesn't mean you should <laughs> fair enough and second to my right it is
1: marcus anderson
0: Back at it. NBA playoffs is around the corner. Let's get it. Rapidly
1: approaching Marcus. And Marcus, we kind of got... A little heated last segment, man. Who knows, who knows if it's going to continue on today's show.
2: Yeah, I, I should have brought some popcorn because I was turning into a <laughs> beat so I was, My face was turning into a beat yeah, so hard from you, I,
0: I felt the pain in your kidneys as, as hard as you was laughing, Casey. Yeah,
1: <laughs> know, maybe I'm just going to start feuds with everybody up here at WZIP Sports. I know Logan and Congrove and I, oh, we God. have it out with one another. I don't know, Marcus. Maybe we're next. Maybe we're the next uh, famous feud up here at WZIP Sports. We'll see. But as you mentioned, the NBA playoffs are rapidly approaching, so let's get into it with our Cleveland Cavaliers. Before we get into how they'll fare in this year's playoffs, I do want to talk about the two games against the Nets this this past week. They won 115-109 to 109 on Tuesday, and then they won 116-114 to 114 on Thursday. Any takeaways from either one of those games, guys?
2: Well... Let's do Tuesday's game first. There are some aspects that still need work, but we I'm glad that the Cavs are finally finishing games at an exceptional rate. And Tuesday night was definitely no different. Donovan Mitchell had himself a game with 31 points. And De'Ron Sharp, I got to applaud him, 20 points off of the Nets' beds. Once again, we got out-rebounded offensively and defensively, especially during the offensive side. We lost 19-8 to in that department. How, how many... I just want to go one sports power talk appearance without saying box out. I say that every single time with Zips Basketball. I say this every single time we talk about the Cavs. But luckily, we were the beneficiaries of the Nets not being able to hit the broadside of a barn from three. They were they shot nine of 33. That's 27.3% from three. We got to play better once the playoffs come around because one false step like that, like off like offensive rebounds, that could end your season completely. Yeah, and that's a good point. Casey, Donovan Mitchell scored 31
1: points in both games against the Nets. And, of course, it was that Isaac Okoro game-winning three on Thursday that that sunk the Nets. Who knew from Isaac Okoro Mm -hmm. that that three would hit? He went
2: three for four from three-point range in that game. So very impressive stuff from him. And the crazy thing is Okoro scored absolutely zero points on Tuesday. And then he goes on for 11 points, including that game-winner. And that game we did better offensive rebounding-wise with 13 winning that thirteen to nine. What killed the Nets this time was turnovers with going sixteen to ten in that category. This was one of the games that came down to the last shot because they were shooting around the same range. And of course Isaac Okoro with that game winner. That was so that was so beautiful.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah
2: it was great to see on the court.
1: Marcus, any thoughts against on the two games against the Nets?
0: No, I they've been playing like this last. He's uh he's for teams that have a knack of playing games too close and playing too slim, I, that used to be a big issue. I used see as a big issue, but not really. I mean, especially, that's what, you, that's what you need. That's what is required when it comes to playoff basketball, and that's what the Cleveland Cavaliers was playing with, and that's what also the Brooklyn Nets was playing with as well. Playoff, this was playoff basketball, playoff as with spear. I think both teams are both door course contenders for the Eastern Conference, but the Cleveland Cavaliers, they have the stamina to keep into. Games like this, and they got this. Goes to show that they got what it takes to make it to make a deep run into the playoffs, especially playing with the playoff contender like the book of Nets. Just to keep it like the whole forty-eight minutes on the floor, and maybe go for, and maybe don't mind go for an extra period or so. And they got what it takes. This shows the stamina they have that the Cleveland Cavaliers have for the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and a potential oh, yeah. first-round playoff matchup here between the Cavs and Nets. Of course, oh, the Nets be, do have oh, some work awesome. to do. Uh, right now, it's, of course, the Knicks, and we'll talk about that here shortly. But I would have liked to have seen some more convincing wins from yeah. the Cavs, but both games being played in Brooklyn, for us to win both of those, I think yeah, that definitely. is there is something to be said about yeah, that. Yeah,
2: especially with our struggles on the road. We currently have a losing record on the road right now. That's yeah. it's awesome to get both wins on the road. It's awesome.
1: Right. And hosting that first playoff series is gonna be huge for the Cavs. They're now forty-seven and twenty-eight and fourth in the Eastern Conference. Best record, by the way, for the Cavs without LeBron James since I've been alive. They play the Houston Rockets tonight. The Rockets, I mean, they're just a dumpster fire over there. Yeah, they last in the Western Conference, second worst record in the NBA, six and thirty record on the road. I mean, is this is this a trap game, or is this just an automatic win tonight?
0: I mean, it's, a, it's like another episode of Real Housewives of L, uh, ATL or something like that <laughs> over in Houston. But the Houston Rockets locker room, seriously, I mean, they should clinch this. I mean, they're just none but chums. This should be a stroll in the park for them. And could, uh, Casey, you mentioned earlier, if they win tonight, they could clinch playoffs berth yeah. officially? Yeah, okay. I said
2: that before we went on air. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can totally see us winning against Houston. And the only loss I have this week is at Atlanta because Atlanta is still one of the more dangerous teams. They're still fighting for a playoff spot themselves. And with the New York Knicks, I could totally see us winning at home at and Mortgage Fieldhouse. We just need to contain Julius Randle, and I think we'll be all set.
1: Yeah, I love our chances tonight against the Rockets. You mentioned the Hawks game. Man, Jake Murdoch is going to really like you today, Casey, I must say. The Hawks on Tuesday, on the road, they're 8th in the Eastern Conference right now, 21-15 and 15 at home. The Cavs are 1-1 one one against the Hawks this season. Of course, their last meeting, the Cavs were just blown out, 136-119. to 119. Marcus, what do you think about this rematch here, if you will, between the Cavs and the Hawks?
0: I mean, with the Hawks, I thought they'll they be a much much more improved team since hiring Quinn Snyder at the, at the end in the mid-season, right after all I thought they are much approved but they're the same Atlanta Hawks team that's been disappointing up to this point so I think but I still would take it for granted though I mean Trey Young is still Trey Young It's still a talented bunch of players for the Atlanta Hawks and like Deontay Murray and all of them so it could go either way honestly I still would take this for, for granted I still got much respect for Coach Snyder
1: Yeah, I could see the game going either way as well. Both teams have something to play for. And you might think to yourself, what do the Cavs really have to play for? Because that four seed is almost a lock. And we'll talk about that here very soon. But I do think the Cavs have a legit chance at improving in the Eastern Conference standing. So I think they do have something to play for as well. Ultimately, I'm taking the Cavs on Tuesday night on the road. And then Casey, you mentioned the game on Friday against the Knicks. Now, this is actually a good matchup here on what yes, we could see in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Of course, a 4-5 and five seed right now between the Cavs and the Knicks. The Knicks right now, they are 5th in the Eastern Conference. They have lost three games in a row. Marcus, how would you break down this game between the Knicks on Friday?
0: Oh, do what they've been doing all season long, which is why main reason why they've been the number one defense in the league. It still is. Just... Just focus on their superstars. I mean, I've seen them shut down other superstars like Giannis, Joe M B, the other superstars, and they do that very well. So game player about Julius Randle is he, like, wherever he goes, so do the New York Knicks. And also focus on Jalen Brunson as yeah. well. He's been the main reason for the Knicks' success this season as well. And do a great job at containing key players like those.
2: Yeah, going off on Marcus's point, you definitely need to contain Julius Randle and Jalen Bronson. These two have definitely killed us in our last three matchups with the Knicks. And it's crazy because the home team in this regular season series has taken each game. So we just need to focus on offensive rebounding. We're definitely getting better in that. We definitely got better in that category. We just need to focus, focus on rebounding in general. And as I mentioned before, Box out, we should I should put that on a shirt and we should sell it on <laughs> yeah, the WCIP store if we have one. But if we contain Julius Randle and Jalen Bronson and out rebound out rebound the Knicks, we'll be in good shape.
0: I yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean this goes show I I can't wait for playoffs. I mean, there's no chumps coming into the playoffs for real. No. no chumps at all. I mean, even if someone like the Toronto Raptors or Pelicans came in, there's still no chumps coming into the playoffs for real.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Hopefully that trend that you mentioned, Casey, of the home team winning between this series with the Cavs and Knicks this regular season continues. Because that would mean a Cavs win on Friday, but also a Cavs win in the first round of the playoffs if they do take on the Knicks. Of course, with the, the Cavs having home field or home court advantage there. Yeah. Let's talk about the Cavs. And I kind of tease this a little bit. Do the Cavs have a chance at getting anything better than the four seed in the East? Right now they they are two and a half games behind the 76ers for third
2: in the Eastern Conference. What do you guys think? I don't really think so because I have looked at the schedules last night for Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly. They have some pretty decent schedules coming down to these final couple weeks. But I still like the Cavs' chances of doing well in the playoffs as a four seed we did it before with LeBron, and I'm sure we could do it without him if the cards fall right. Just focus on some minor details, and I think the Cavs will be just fine as the number 4 seed in the East.
1: See, I think if we enter the playoffs as a number 4 seed, we're bouncing the second round. That's why I really think it's important for us to get a third seed in the NBA playoffs, and I think it's possible. Let me break it down for you. The Cavs, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, and I'm really focused on the 76ers. We're not going to pass... The Celtics we're not going to pass the Bucs. I'm focused on the 76ers here. The 76ers are 7-2 and in their last 10 games. They've lost two in a row. They lost last night to the Phoenix Suns. The Cavs' hardest opponent for the rest of the season is the one game against the Knicks this Friday played at home where the Cavs are very good. So it's possible for the Cavs to win out the year. Now the 76ers, they play the Nuggets, Mavericks, Bucks, Celtics, and Heat down the stretch. So the Cavs win out or lose one game, then the 76ers would have to lose three games the rest of the year. I could see them dropping games to the Nuggets, Bucks, and Celtics pretty
2: easily. I think it's possible, guys. I am very possible. Uh, Actually, I think the 4C would actually be better than you mentioned because we could we can compete very well against the Bucks, and we could definitely compete very well against the Celtics. It's the 76ers that I don't want to face in the playoffs. I'm just don't want to face it I just don't want to face the Sixers they are we couldn't solve we couldn't solve Joel and Bede, it, even if we had the answer key so let's let's avoid the 76ers let's stick with the 4 seed I I mean fair enough I I really want that number 3 I mean, seed though Marcus what do you think It'd
0: be nice <clears throat> but I mean it depends I mean who I mean in the first round who is who would you rather who are you better off facing the Nets or the Knicks I mean who is more feared between those two. More feared I would say the Knicks.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: I would rather play and the if if it was up to me, the first round matchup would be against the Nets.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. my
1: favorite I mean, team to play.
0: It's like the Nets the Nets are like the most interesting team in the NBA this year. I mean, you you get rid of both of your started players and somehow you've gotten better. I mean, it's just strange. That just shows the culture ability of Jock Vaughn, that their new head coach. I mean, they just, they just so interested, but the Knicks on it, I agree with the Knicks. I mean, they're interested as well. I mean, Julius Randle, he's a monster. He's just a straight-up monster. He's got all the skills. I can't think of a thing he cannot do, but it's like, I don't know. It seemed like I'll say the Nets slightly more feared than the Knicks. Wow!
2: Yeah, I think think a Cavs-Nets playoff series would definitely be more likely because the Nets have a pretty easy schedule going forward with only Philadelphia to worry about, and they were able to take out the frustration against Logan Congrove's heat down at the 3.05, so thank you for that. Thank you for that, Brooklyn. A best of seven, and they shouldn't have a problem against Atlanta, but a best of seven between the Cavs and the Nets? Oh, ESPN should be salivating at the range that might get. <clears throat> you know, I think the
1: most feared team right now, not of course in the entire Eastern Conference, but potential teams that the Cavs could play in the first round of the playoffs, and I hate saying it, I truly don't like what's about to come out of my mouth.
2: Uh, it's gonna be Miami
1: the Heat. heat. Isn't it? I think it's the Miami Heat. <laughs> oh yeah, guys. Miami Heat. I forgot about yeah. them. Like the Knicks, Nets, Heat, I don't want to play the Heat in the first round.
0: Yeah, me either. Oh yeah, they could be six C. I mean, as of right now, they're playing they could be selling for the play in tournament, but I wouldn't want to face them either.
1: Yeah, and the yeah. loss last night to the Nets did not help the Miami Heat whatsoever. The Heat are they do have some work to make, but like they're only two games behind the Knicks right now for the fifth seed. Uh, so it's not um, impossible for a potential Cavs Heat first round playoff matchup,
2: which please, would just be
1: no. hectic
2: here at WZIP Sports that's if that just, were to happen. That's just gonna inflate Logan Congrove's ego up up to an all time high. Definitely. We need to let Please let the air out of that balloon. Let us face either the Knicks or the Nets. Please do. Please let it happen. <laughs> yeah, I like I like us playing the Knicks. That's my official prediction.
1: I think we stay as number four. We play the Knicks. Even though I do have some pretty good optimism that the Cavs could get a third seed in the Eastern Conference by the time their regular season is over. Who do you guys think the the Cavs are playing in the first round? I'd rather play the Knicks.
2: Okay. Yeah, Honestly, I could... Honestly, I could... I think we have a better chance with playing yeah, the definitely. Nets. Playing the Nets. Yeah, I think we have a better chance playing the
0: Nets. I mean... I mean, if you want to make out the first round, I don't think... I'm better off playing the Knicks, honestly. Really? Yeah. I just honestly. don't see...
1: When I think of danger factor, I don't think of the Nets. I mean, we don't Mikel do... Mikel Bridges, Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, and then a bunch of other guys.
0: Yeah, but it's like, they really play like a team. But with the yeah. Knicks, they're almost... They almost won the matchup. If you shut down Julius Randle, that's ballgame. Then Jalen Brunson can also be good as But Jalen Brunson can
2: go off, too. That's the thing. He he can be on
0: and off. That's uh. the thing. We can can contain the
2: Nets very well. We just cannot contain Julius Randle or Jalen Brunson for the life of us. Yeah, Julius Randle, he scored 36 points in his last game against the Cavs. I I would rather see
1: the Nets. I feel like we're going to see the Knicks. If we see the Knicks, let's say... By the end of the regular season, it's Cavs, Knicks, first round of the playoffs. Who would you like to come out of that series?
0: Wait, say again.
1: If it's the Cavs and the Knicks in the first round of the playoffs, who would you like to come out of the series?
0: I mean, as as being a Knicks fan, once again, I'd like to see the Knicks coming out. But the Cavs, I could see him come out of that series of uh, four to two, I I'll say.
2: Yeah, I okay. could. Yeah, I could totally see the Cavs making it out, but yeah. it's gonna be a. I can see it being a yeah. seven-game series with. Yeah, them.
0: it's like with the Nets. It's so interesting. They're almost like that cobra. When you see that cobra come out that basket and come out, if you take your eye eyes off him like one bit, he could just uh, he could just snap at you for a minute. He just bite you for a minute. It, yeah, that's what the Nets are like. They're just like that cobra come out the basket. Take your eyes off of him one bit. He could just strike you at, for <laughs> immediately in an instant. Yeah, I
1: feel like that's just a lot about the to be said about the NBA right now. And you kind of mentioned it, Marcus. Like, there's no bad team, I guess, kind of going into the NBA yeah. playoffs this year. There's no easy guaranteed wins. And I say, it would be something too if Donovan Mitchell beats the team that he was initially supposed to go to yeah. in the first round of the playoffs. And Stephen A. Smith on first take. Went on a rant as he always does,
2: talking about how the Knicks cannot afford oh, to lose oh, the Cavs and Donovan Mitchell in the first yeah. round. <laughs> That's definitely guess going to get yeah, as much I, views as Stephen A. roasting the Cowboys. Yeah, that's, I'm saying
0: that. Yeah, honestly, that's why I say this could be the best playoff since the 2011 playoffs, I would say. I mean, yeah. you're dealing with the barrel of rattlesnakes right here. I can't even include the Lakers in that group, uh, barrel of rattlesnakes.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of Those built-in storylines here, and even a low seed like the Lakers could surprise a lot of teams come the playoffs. It'll be interesting to monitor as we get closer to the end of the regular season. And of course, we'll keep you updated here on Sports Power Talk and also Sports Updates throughout the week, so check out our Twitter page at WZIP Sports for all that type of content. Before we go to break, though, let's talk about the NCAA tournament and any notable takeaways from the Sweet 16. Even more madness here in the Sweet 16 round of games. Uh, Casey, I'll actually go to you first here. What did you
2: think about the the Sweet 16 round here? All I know is that my bracket just got more and more and more turned into charcoal, but one of my favorite games from Sweet 16 was Gonzaga and UCLA. They're always, There's always a lot of fun when those two teams get together. And if you like blown leads, that game was for you. The Bruins had a 13-point lead at halftime, and Gonzaga went on a wild run, and they went up by 10, and UCLA would come back from that lead. But the Gonzaga, near the end of the game, ran what I would like to call the Chris Jenkins special, when Hunter Salas would bring it up the court, and they would toss it back to Julian... Julian there, he would hit the game-winning 3 through from the logo, and also got a shout-out Drew Timmy with 36 points. He playing his heart out, and you, you couldn't expect anything more from that matchup. <clears throat> yeah, that was an incredible game and effort there from Gonzaga.
1: Unfortunately, doesn't mean much now with that Elite 8 game played uh, yesterday against UConn, just blown out 82-54. to 54. Other games in the Sweet 16 that I thought we should bring up, though. Princeton, the Cinderella story. That was Princeton, unfortunately, ended in the Sweet 16 with an 86-75 to loss to Creighton. And then how about San Diego State and Miami upsetting oh. Alabama and Houston? The first time in the history of the NCAA tournament that there are zero number one seeds in the Elite Eight. Just insane stuff here with the NCAA tournament this year. The other Elite Eight game played yesterday: number nine FAU upset number three Kansas State, seventy nine to seventy six. So we have FAU officially in the Final Four. Incredible things there, Cinderella story there for Florida Atlantic. But two Elite Eight games played today: San Diego State playing Creighton today at two twenty p.m. Quick predictions on that game, guys.
0: Uh, I say I got. I got Crane for this one. How's it guy Crane?
2: Creighton, all right. Casey? First off, I want to say thank you, San Diego State, for preventing Alabama from winning in yet another sport. But I could totally see this going either way, but I think Creighton might actually make it. All right, I'm the lone one going with San Diego State. I like their play. Mm-hmm.
1: They yeah. beat Alabama. And just their defensive effort so far in the tournament has been outstanding to watch. The other Elite Eight game, play, game played today at 5:05 p.m. We have number two Texas taking on number five Miami. Give me the
2: Longhorns. Yeah, if you see our bracket group for WZIP, don't. Yeah, it does look good. We both pick Purdue. Yeah, basically the majority of us pick Purdue. Texas is my only Final Four pick left, and I think they might actually do it against Miami. I don't know. Texas, they seek their first Final Four appearance in 20
1: years. Miami, they seek its first ever Final Four appearance. I think they get it done. Give me the Hurricanes today for another upset here in the Elite Eight. Wow. Final Four matchups. I know we all have different Final Four matchups here. I have Florida Atlantic versus San Diego State. I'm taking San Diego State in that one. Then it's UConn versus Miami for me. I'm taking UConn. That's my Final Four. What's your guys' look like?
0: I mean, I ain't fell our bracket, but as of right now, I got Crane in Florida Atlantic. The uh, the Owls are winning that one. Wow! Are they, are they called the Owls?
2: Yeah. Yep. Florida Atlantic
0: Owls. Oh, okay, okay. I thought I was only Temple Owls, but yeah. But anyways, Yukon and Texas got Longhorns winning that one. Longhorns and the Owls, and I think I got the Owls winning. <laughs> wow! I don't you know. Think... I, don't, I don't know what world I'm living. In you think? Real. You think Florida Atlantic is gonna?
2: dethroned Villanova as the lowest seed hey, to it, win the tournament.
0: It, it was already surprising seeing that they're 33-3 for the whole year. For once? 33-3 for the whole and year. You are
2: win- in
1: your widow fandom, Marcus, you are taking an underdog. Yes. I love to see crazy. it. You're on the FAU train, and I absolutely love to see it. Casey, how do you see the Final Four playing out?
2: Whew. This is definitely going to be one of the most anticipated Final Fours in history because of how chaotic this NCAA tournament has been. Obviously, I have Creighton, Florida Atlantic, and then Texas, and then UConn. I think Texas and UConn is going to produce a lot of fireworks, but give me Florida Atlantic and Texas in the championship, but I don't see any records being broken. I think Texas wins it all. Give me the men's basketball team from UConn to win it all this year. And speaking of the UConn women, they didn't even make it to the Final Four this year. They lost to Ohio State in the Sweet 16. I know. You love to see it. There's some oh, even yes.
1: <laughs> crazier upsets going on in the women's bracket this year, too. I mean, it's just been an insane month of March for the, both NCAA tournaments. Mm-hmm. That's going to do it for our segment here on the Cavs and basketball and the NCAA tournament. When we return from break, we'll answer all of your questions from our Twitter page at Sports And hibernate hot mic and then the rest of the show is dedicated to the beautiful sport of baseball i cannot wait for it you cannot wait for it you're not going to want to go anywhere this is 88.1 wzip What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Best Sports Talk Show, this side of Lake Erie. You're tuning in to Sports Power Talk right here on 88.1 WZIP. My name is Jake Murr, the host of your show today. And today, I'm joined by Casey Rush. Let's stop talking about my charcoal March Madness bracket. Let's get to baseball. Yes, we are very, very soon going to talk about baseball in the 2023 season ahead of us. And second, joining me on today's show is Marcus Anderson.
0: America's pastime is on this one way i can't great. wait <laughs> We're
1: all excited to talk baseball here on sports power talk hopefully you're excited as well before we get in to the mlb we have division predictions we have award predictions and so much more planned for our mlb discussions here on sports power talk but before we get to that what a better way to kick off the second hour of today's show than with hot Mike? Let's go right to our Twitter page, at WZIP Sports, and answer all of your questions that you submitted to us, the SBT crew here, to answer live on air. We start off with Kelly Craig. She asks, who do you think will win the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship? We just talked about that before we went to break. But quickly, guys, who do you think
2: has the best chances of taking it home this year?
0: For Atlantic.
2: I love it. I love it, Marcus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, hopefully... Hopefully, Florida Atlantic or Texas, but in reality, it might be UConn. Who knows? Yeah, UConn is my pick, but
1: take that with a grain of salt. I picked Purdue to win it all, and I have no team. Hey, teams so left. did I.
2: Hey, so did I. But Texas is my final. It's my last final four pick left. I usually get one final four pick a year, right? As opposed to like the couple brackets before that, when I couldn't yeah. get a single one for the life of me.
0: Where the heck is Fair Dickinson?
2: <laughs> it's in New Jersey. <laughs> which is where last, which is where last year Cinderella was, St. Oh, Peter's. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there's something to be said about that area. Yeah. I guess. Remind me to never pick against the New Jersey Cinderella ever again. Mm. Please don't.
1: Wow. Yeah, oh, I was just miserable this year with my bracket. Yeah. I'm usually never very good, but there was something special about how bad I was this year with the teams I picked in my bracket. I'm just looking forward to today because yeah. tonight I get to draft my. My baseball fantasy team and fantasy baseball is where it's at, guys. If you have not played fantasy baseball, create a league, get a team together, draft your team. It is a lot of fun. You do have to keep up with it daily. It's kind of like fantasy basketball in that aspect, but it is a lot of fun. And I'm I'm way better in fantasy baseball than I am in this whole... Uh, tournament challenge bracket nonsense that we have here in March let's move on from that question though next up we have Billy Carter I believe a first time question asker here on Hot Mike so thank you for that question they ask will the Braves win the NL East when will the Mets collapse and favorite Mython Python movie we'll start with the first question will the Braves win the NL East we're gonna break that down here soon but what do you guys think
0: that is so tough. I mean, with the Mets and Phillies, I don't know. The Phillies last year, I think that was just a fluke. I think that was just a fluke. I, I think it's it's a, it's a like a tie tie race. It's like a neck and neck race with them and the Mets. So, but I think I got the Mets. I don't know. I don't know. It's right going neck-to-neck. You know what? Slightly, they could barely win the NL East.
1: And that's kind of how it played yeah. out last year a little bit, too. And I guess Billy Carter foresees a collapse for the New York Mets here soon. What do you guys think about that?
2: Yeah, I could totally see the collapse with the Mets. It's just all a matter of when it happens because you never know when Lowell Mets strikes. And I think it's going to be near the end of the regular season like it was last year. And I could totally see the Braves winning the NL East again. I'm pretty sure we saw a miracle with the Philadelphia Phillies going in. For that one last run. But I can see the Braves winning it. Yeah,
1: I favor the Mets right now. But I'll give you my reasoning why here shortly when we break down every single division ahead of the 2023 MLB season. Last question from Billy Carter. Not sure if I entirely understand this one. Maybe you guys will. Favorite Mython Python
2: movie? He was trying to say Monty Python.
0: Oh, Monty Python. I will say all all those uh, Monty Python. I'm... What does that even mean? Am I just like... No, nah, I remember those. It was those corny, cheesy '80s movies that like took yeah. place. I just the never heard of, of the term times.
2: before. Yeah, my my dad says I should definitely watch more of these Monty Python movies. It's from Al. Yeah. it's from Mel Brooks. You know, he does all these. He did all these parodies in the '80s with Robin Hood, Man Tights, and Space Balls, which is a really funny Star it Wars is. penalty. Star Wars parody I can't talk I yeah can't they're talk so
0: cheesy I was about to get mixed up with National Lampoon I was going to get mixed up with those vacation movies with Chevy Chase so, but nah <laughs> there's something else There is something else they're so cheesy I would recommend them I would yeah, recommend I can't
1: them. say I'm much of a fan of like the classical movies like that or even movies made in the 80s or 90s I'm I'm a big movie junkie, but not really the old-time movies, yeah. not really in that demographic. I I do more so enjoy the new releases that come out today and, you know, 2023. Those are the movies I enjoy, not so not so much those old ones. Move I, on from that. Yeah, I to- did
2: hear that the Holy Grail is the top tier for Monty Python movies, and also Life I of I've Brian heard of is actually pretty good. What was that one? Life of Brian, the second one. See, I still don't even know if I've heard of those movies. But we'll move on to Jake
1: Mernigo and a couple of his questions here. He says, first player that comes to mind when I say
2: Arizona Diamondbacks?
0: The big unit, Randy Johnson. My well, best ever
2: to do it. Yeah. Oh, now that you just mentioned that, it's definitely Randy Johnson. All right, I, I got to go Quetel yeah. Marte. He's definitely their best player right now, at least on the
1: Arizona Diamondbacks. Maybe Madison Bumgarner. I mean, he's kind of a legend there for Arizona, but he's just kind of... You know wash right now playing for Arizona, but yeah, I'd probably go Catal Marte. Next question is Do you like baseball?
2: YES, yes, definitely.
0: Oh, yes, yeah, so I'm starting to.
2: Starting to, starting to.
0: Well, 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 I was a late bloomer in this, I didn't start watching baseball until like 2014. Interesting, so, yeah. yeah.
1: And who's your favorite? You already mentioned
0: the Mets, right? Oh, yes. Well, my favorite team is the Blue Jays. Okay, no, <laughs> I, I, love, I, love love James. I feel sorry for you. Yeah, they're, they're so fun to watch. They, they are watch so fun. They
2: I'll,
1: are. No, I'll give you that. I also enjoy watching Vladdy go to work up in Toronto. But didn't you say like an hour ago that the Mets were your favorite team?
0: <laughs> I, Here we go again with the widow. No, I. I didn't say favorite. I once said. I once said, "Go Mets." I. I didn't claim that's my favorite team. But I not, swear, my, on today's
1: my, Sports Power Talk, you said that you're a Mets fan.
0: I'm not saying I was a Mets fan.
1: I said we mentioned Stephen A. Smith about the Knicks because you're a Knicks fan. So you're like, with my fandom of the Mets, I'm a fan of the Knicks. Okay, I'm not officially a New York fan, but it's. <laughs> I think uh, you got to commit, man. This whole widow.
0: Okay, I mean, for for a long time, I liked the A's. I liked the Athletics for a yeah, long time. That's miserable. The, like the first baseball game I went to was the Athletics uh, Indians game. That's that was miserable. the first game I went to. Mm-hmm.
1: And you couldn't have like fallen in love with the home team.
0: Nah, it's just for some. Yeah, and then, like the Oakland Athletics. Well, were it's just like my uh, dad had this like uh, classic vintage uh, Oakland Athletics jug. Okay. He had this jug of the Oakland Athletics because he was a huge A's fan as well. When Ricky Henderson, Jose Canseco, and Mark McGuire was back there, I mean, their history is quite underrated. as this? wonderful history of the Oakland A's.
2: Yeah, it's definitely sad to see the Oakland A's where they are now. Especially with the collapsing stadium. And they could be potentially moving to Vegas soon. Yeah, definitely. Oakland is just losing teams to Vegas left and right. Yeah. First the
0: Raiders, now the A's. I hate to
2: say it, but it would probably be the best thing for the A's
1: to move out of Oakland. Definitely. I mean, obviously not best for their fan base. And I only have no idea what I would do if that was the case for the Guardians. I know... There was speculation of that a few years ago when they made the transition from the Indians to the Guardians. I would have no idea what I would do if I was a fan Mm. of the A's. But just the organization alone, I think what's best for them is to move to Vegas. And new beginnings, potentially a better chance in what is a stacked AL West. Yeah,
2: Yeah, the Oakland fan base has been pretty suffering. First, they lose the Warriors to San Francisco. It's still a short drive, but still better, you lose them.
0: And it's better to have seven World Series than just one.
2: Yeah, that's true. No, just one. And then and then you lose the Raiders to Vegas, and then you might lose the A's to Vegas. It's sad to be in Oakland right now. Yeah, it very much yeah.
0: so is. Last time Cleveland won World Series, the movies were still in black and white. That's all I got to say. What was the purpose of that, Marcus? <laughs> that, that was an insult, Jake. Uh-oh. That was an insult to all Clevelanders out there.
2: My debt. My dad just busted me. He said, Mel Brooks is not like Monty Python. <laughs> oh. Okay. It shows how uncultured I am, all right? I am apparently very uncultured because I don't even know what
1: that term is. Yeah. Learn the term today. You learn something new every single day, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah.
2: Okay, I'm so confused by my that comment, di- Marcus. I'm my- so confused. Yeah, my Yeah. I'm going to get a call from my... I'm gonna get a call from my dad and put it on speaker. He's gonna be yelling at all three of us right now after this show. (laughs) Fair enough. If we offended you by not knowing what Monty Python movies
1: are or or what our favorite would be. I mean come on, we're I mean I'm twenty one, Casey, I believe you're twenty one too. I'm twenty two. You're twenty two. Yeah,
0: my my bad if you're listening, Casey's dad. I was about to get mixed up with those National Lampoons vacation movies. (laughs) (laughs)
1: And Marcus you can make digs at the Guardians all you want but the fact that you're an Ace fan makes me feel sorry for you more than anything and now that you're bouncing around between the Blue Jays and the Mets I'm I'm a happy loyal fan over here on this side of the desk Marcus that's all I gotta say to you Next question from Jake Myrnigo. He says, Jake, thoughts on Vera versus Sandhagen? So, for those of you that don't know, UFC fight night last night in San Antonio, headlined by Marlon Chito Vera taking on Corey Sandhagen. Corey Sandhagen, one of my favorite fighters in the UFC, and ultimately went to Corey Sandhagen via split decision, actually, which was just blasphemous. I don't know what judge in their right mind would have given a scorecard for Vera. A lot of people came out and said the exact same thing. You know, there was a lot, a lot of hype going into this fight. And one thing when you look at a fight, whether it's MMA, boxing, whatever it might be, you always have to consider that styles make fights. And there are examples after examples in the history of this young sport where there is a highly anticipated main event between two great fighters. And it doesn't turn out to be that great of a fight. And I thought that is what we saw last night between Marlon Vera and Corey Sandhagen. It just didn't turn out to be what we all expected it to be. Of course, Corey Sandhagen, excellent performance against a guy as talented and skilled as a guy like Cheeto Vera. It just felt to me like Cheeto Vera could never really get into that second gear. He's constantly a guy that goes from losing the first two, maybe three rounds to getting an electric finish in the fourth or fifth. He's the king of five-round fights. Just last night, it seemed like he couldn't find that extra gear. He never really got into a position where he could finish a guy like Corey Sandhagen. And again, that's even more applause towards Corey Sandhagen and his effort last night in a fight. Not the greatest, but ultimately I am excited with the bantamweight division right now in the UFC. I think Sandhagen versus Marab Willie is just going to be a barn burner I thought last night was going to be a barn burner it wasn't but I think Sandhagen versus Marab is exactly what the UFC should do and they should do it sooner rather than later knowing that the championship in the division is on the line here in May so that's my little breakdown of last night's main event had to go a little off track there with that question one more question hot Mike, before we get into baseball talk Jake Mernigo asks have you had your wisdom teeth taken out yet
2: well we already know the answer to your question to that question for you it's yes yet. me not yet I still have my wisdom teeth not okay. yet
1: okay not, nah, not yet. interesting guys I mean I got mine out about a week and a half ago still giving me a little bit of issues more so discomfort than pain um, but yeah like I said at the top of the show appreciated Alex Henry coming in here hosting for me last week no chance I could have done it last week just I could talk but I couldn't talk like this you know I th- my mouth couldn't open as yeah, you were wide as it could and Actually, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you guys more stuff off air with my experience with uh, getting my wisdom teeth taken out, but it wasn't all that special. No crazy stories from getting my wisdom teeth taken out, but it was not a fun couple of days, but it was also kind of nice being at home and and resting those couple of days as well. That was kind of my spring break because spring break for me was just very busy and felt like a blur and all of a sudden we're on to the last couple of weeks of the spring semester and then I graduate, so... Yeah, just a stressful time upon us here, guys, coming into into April already. Crazy stuff. But when April comes about, another thing comes about, and that is the MLB. That is the great sport of baseball, and I am so excited to talk about the MLB on today's show. We've been teasing it all along about how this last hour is primarily going to be dedicated to Major League Baseball We have award predictions planned for next segment, but right Mm -hmm. now let's break down some of these divisions and how we see them playing out in 2023. So we're actually going to start with the NL East. We kind of already talked about this division in Hot Mike, but we'll start with the NL East. Casey, I'll throw
2: it over to you first. We'll start from five and then go to one. Who do you have finishing last in the NL East? Last place, I do have the Washington Nationals because – you're still holding on to 2019, and Washington's only going to have Stephen Strasburg under contract for three more seasons. And fourth, I have the I have the Miami Marlins. Like the lineup was so bad last year, the organization overpaid for Luis Al, er- I don't even know how to pronounce that. He and Gene Segura are not enough to keep Miami over the over the hump, and the. We'll third? leave it at
1: four for now. Marcus, I'll go to you. Five and four, and then we'll we'll rotate around the yeah, desk.
2: Sorry guys.
0: Well the Russian with well, the Washington Nationals will be the last place team of the NL East. Uh, one of the most exciting teams, one of the best teams of the two thousand tens. Now they're absolutely the worst team. One of the worst teams of the MLB, all the MLB and the Miami Marlins, with the team of talent, they're they gonna finish fourth in the NL East.
1: All right. Yeah, fair enough. I got the same list as as you guys do. I have the Nationals finishing fifth. They could very well be one of the worst teams in all of baseball. Thankfully for their fan base, you mentioned it, Casey. They have that World Series win in 2019. Then I have Marlins finishing fourth. They did get some good pieces with Luis Arias from the Twins and Gene Segura from the Phillies. Sandy Alcantara could repeat as NL Cy Young. We'll talk about that later. And then hopefully Jazz Chisholm can stay healthy for the Marlins. Even with all those things considered, I don't think they're as well rounded of a team as others in this stacked and at least finishing fourth. Now we'll go to number
2: three. Casey, go ahead. For third place I have the Philadelphia Phillies. It was fun to see their World Series run last year, but I think it's now time to I think it's now time to blow it up because you don't know we don't have an uncertain timeline for Bryce Harper's return and Rotation depth is definitely a concern with Andrew Painter going down. Yeah, and Reese Hoskins as well. Tragically out
1: for the season with that <sighs> uh, ACL tear, I believe it was. Damn. Do you also have the Phillies finishing third, mark? Oh, yeah, the
0: Phillies. Uh, last year, uh, performance was an absolute fluke. Interesting, man.
1: I mean, I, they have two great starting pitchers, two elite starting pitchers in yeah. Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. Trey Turner, I mean, that's a huge asset to get in the offseason. But with Bryce Harper, who knows when he's going to come back. Reese Hoskins out for the season. I like the Phillies also finishing third. And now is when the debate kind of comes in here with the top two teams in the NL East. The Mets and the Braves. You can really kind of go either way. But where do you guys see the NL East going in 2023? Are you going to give it to the Mets or are you going to give it to the Braves? Uh,
2: I'm just going to give it to the Braves because the Mets are... A mixed bag of nuts. You don't know when they're going to collapse. As I mentioned before, Lowell Mets. The Braves are definitely a World Series contender, especially with Ronald Acuna Jr. I think this is going to be an MVP season for him. And also Matt and Austin Riley, Michael Harris, and Sean Murphy. And a a version of Eddie Rosario with a better vision that he had in 2022. Yeah, I mean, the Atlanta
1: Braves, they potentially have the best lineup in all of baseball. Health is definitely going to be key this year. They lost Acuna and Albies for stretches of the season last year. They have great pitching as well with Spencer Strider, Charlie Morton, Max Freed, and Kyle Wright. It's just going to depend on health, but I have the Braves finishing second in the NL East. I like the Mets number one. I'll tell you why here in a second. Marcus, I'll go to you next, though. Mets or Braves? Who takes the NL East?
0: This is the tightest. This is going to be the tightest pennant race in 2023, but I say the Mets by a hair. And that's why they got. I agree. Yeah.
1: I agree. I like the Mets by a hair. The reason? They have two Cy Young candidates on their
0: team. Yeah, definitely. Max Serger, Mad Max, (laughs) and Justin Verlander. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, that is insane. They're going to win. A lot of games because Mm -hmm. of those two guys. Lindor and Alonzo, of course, are those flashy names in the lineup for the Mets. But much like the Guardians, I feel like the Mets are a team full of complimentary hitters. Mm -hmm. Like, they have Lindor and Alonzo. They're going to be the headlines. But they also have a bunch of guys mixed in there. Like your Jeff McNeils. Like, those guys are going to provide you a lot of RBIs and a lot of production throughout this season. I barely like the Mets to win the NL East. And I agree with you, Marcus, that they are... This will be the closest pennant race in 2023 in the MLB for the NL East. So that does it for the NL East. We'll move on to the NL West. Marcus, I'll give it right back to you, man. Number five, the fifth team in the NL West for 2023.
0: Oh, the Arizona Diamondbacks easily. I mean, a timeless team. has always been one of the worst teams for a long time. And number four is going to be the Rockies. All right,
2: that's your number five and your number four from Marcus Casey. Go ahead. Yeah, this is where I think our opinions are going to be a little bit mixed. In fifth, I have Colorado. As if the 2023 season wasn't going to be bad enough, they're without Brendan Rodgers for the majority of the year. So Coors Field is just going to be a barren wasteland. It make now it makes less sense to sign Chris Bryant, and this contract is only going to get worse for them. In fourth, I have San Francisco. Because wow. not going through with the Carlos Correa deal definitely hurt the Giants. And it's fair to criticize Farron City for failing to land a franchise caliber talent. Interesting there. The Giants at number four. Yeah, yeah. I just think, yeah, I just don't think San Francisco is going to do much this year. Honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't really think they're all that special either. But for me and my standings in the NL West, I like the Rockies at number five. I agree with you there, Casey. Their pitching is incredibly weak. They really don't have a star pitcher on their team. It, maybe one or two highlights, but not very deep at all. And they'll really only have Chris Bryant, CJ Krohn, and Charlie Blackman to do work in the lineup. I know those are three pretty talented guys to have in Colorado. But after that, it's just slim pickings after that for this Rockies lineup. I have them finishing fifth, and then I have the Diamondbacks finishing fourth. I think the Diamondbacks are kind of a sleeper in the NL. I think they can improve a lot. They have a lot of upside. They have Merrill Kelly, Zach Gallon doing the pitching. They signed Evan Longoria, Ketel Marte. He's always an all-star. Lord Escuriel Jr. from the Blue Jays, he's an incredible asset as well. They're very weak beyond those players, but I actually could see them passing the Giants for third, which is where I have the San Francisco Giants finishing in this division. I'm assuming you have the Diamondbacks finishing third.
2: Casey you're absolutely right. I do have Arizona at the number three spot. They're a year away from contending for a wild card spot and it's perfect time for fans to get on the bandwagon early, especially with a potential Rookie of the Year candidate in Corbin Carroll. That is going to be one of the more exciting young talents in all of baseball. And with Gabriel Moreno, Alec Thomas, and Zach Gallen as part of the long-term core, I think the Diamondbacks will be a very dangerous team in the coming years. And with Top prospects in pitching, like Brandon Fatt, Jordan Lawler, and Blake wallston they're not too far away, the Diamondbacks. Yeah, that's
1: not... I actually agree with that. They might be like a year out from the wild card contention. I like that. Yeah, I'm, I really could see them finishing third. I have them at fourth right now. Marcus, I'm assuming that you have the Giants at third here.
0: I oh, have yeah, the Giants. It's amazing how... Two seasons ago, they was the best team in the MLB, and now they became one of the worst just last season. I think they could climb back up into one of the mid-tier teams back and gain back some respect.
1: Yeah, I also have the Giants finishing third. And then another pennant race to keep an eye on here takes place in the NL West, the Dodgers and the Padres. I know the Dodgers, they lost a lot of pieces, but they're still the L.A. Dodgers. And the Padres, I mean, another dangerous
2: lineup to talk about here. How do you see this pennant race uh, playing out? I think this is finally going to be the year that the San Diego Padres slay the Dragon and take over first place in the NL West because Steve Cohen is going to get all the attention, but the Padres are definitely an example of a mid-market team that is doing that's going to go far when ownership is willing to spend. Of course, they had that NLCS run last year. Especially, my main concern is you Darvish, because he's a mixed bag of nuts as well. But you still got Manny Machado. You gave him a rich contract extension, and you added Xander Bogarts to the win-now core. That's definitely going to bolster your lineup. And for the Dodgers, I see this as a rebuilding year when you consider rebuilding as same as Nick Saban says, Alabama's in a rebuilding year. But it's still the Dodgers. I think they're going to keep it close, but I think the Padres just take the NOS by a hair.
0: Yeah, I, this is the best rivalry in all of baseball, and I'm not sure if you guys know much about dinosaurs, but if you if you <laughs> if you ever seen the second Jurassic Park movie, that fight between the Tyrannosaurus Rex and the Spinosaurus. And how the Spinosaurus just straight up just murdered that Tyrannosaurus Rex without, without any difficulty at all. Just straight up murdered that Tyrannosaurus Rex. The T Rex is just so that he's the king of all dinosaurs. And I see it as the same situation with the Dodgers and Padres. The Padres being the Spinosaurus and the Dodgers being that old T Rex that everybody knows is probably gonna get taken down by the powerful Slam Diego Padres. I can see them. Uh, representing the NL in the World Series. Wasn't that Jurassic Park 3, though? Oh, it was Jurassic Park 3. My bad. Thanks, Casey. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was going to say, I only remember seeing the Spinosaurus in Jurassic Park 3. So. Oh,
0: it was. It was. Yeah, thanks for correcting me.
2: Right. I love the analogy,
1: guys. I love it. I have the Dodgers winning the NLS, though. Um, I do have the Dodgers. You see no change. I I see no really? change. I like the Dodgers. I They lost significant pieces this offseason, no doubt, but they're starting a rotation. Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias, Noah Syndergaard, Dustin May, and Tony Gonsolin. Like, how does that sound? It sounds amazing. They still have guys like Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Will Smith, Max Muncie, J.D. Martinez as well. That's a great addition this offseason. I still think... The Dodgers are going to be the team to beat in the NL West. But the Padres, just a hair behind them. They're starting pitching behind Darvish, Musgrove, and Snell. Isn't that great? But, I mean, their lineup is just so dangerous, especially when Fernando Tatis Jr. comes back. This could be the most dangerous lineup in baseball along with the Atlanta Braves. I just think the Dodgers barely get it done in the NL West Before we go to break
2: Let's break down the NL Central Start at number 5 We'll work our way up Casey, take it away uh, For last place I have Cincinnati Reds They have been tanking for so long They may as well be considered Property of the U.S. Army They're still in another rebuild And there's still a hint of optimism For tomorrow But as long as Phil Castell- Castellini Is still calling, still calling moves They're going nowhere yeah, right, that's your number five team.
0: Yeah, it looks like we got a battle for who's going to be the worst team in MLB this year between the Reds and the Pirates. And I think slightly it's going to be the Pirates once again. And how are you got to have a great football team and a decent hockey team, but a terrible baseball team. <laughs> you know who it's,
1: I think wins the battle? The worst team in the MLB, Marcus. Who? The what? Oakland Athletics.
0: Uh, okay. I'm a, I'm a, so I'm a, you're keeping
2: gonna it on. up. <laughs> here you. we go again. <laughs> it's heating up. Jake and Marcus, the brand new duel here on hey, WZ. Sports. That comment was
0: for the comment that, was, that you made earlier. That, about that, the that, audience, was okay. that was a real gut blow. I deserve that. That was a real gut blow, though.
1: In terms of the Reds or Pirates, <laughs> I agree with you, though. I think the Pirates are the worst team. the Pirates. Number five, because you know, their biggest acquisition this offseason, Austin Hedges. Yeah, Think about that, guys. Think about that. (laughs) Pirates number
2: five. I have the Reds number four. I'm assuming you have the Pirates number four, Casey? Yes, I do have the Pirates at number four. Yes, you did bring back Andrew McCutcheon, but he's been washed. Yeah, This is going to be a farewell tour for Cutch, unfortunately, for you guys. I just don't see PNC Park seeing October baseball anytime soon.
1: All right, and then is it safe to assume here for the NL Central that we all have the Cubs at number three, or is there some difference of opinion here
0: actually a yeah, difference of opinion uh, oh wow uh the milwaukee brewers you know them and the cardinals another great rivalry in baseball today but i can see the brewers even though one of the best pitcher rotations in all of baseball arguably the best it it seems like that's all they have really that's all they have to rely on and i see them make taking a note, fall from grace pretty much and missing the playoffs once again
2: Yeah, Jake, I'm with you for that number three spot going to the Chicago Cubs. They did spend more money this offseason. They bolstered their starting rotation and injected more talent. I don't think there's going to be enough to bring back October baseball to Wrigley Field, but Chicago is definitely grasping the importance of putting veterans and mixing it with the young core, mix the best of the old with the best of the new, and that's what Chicago does best.
1: Yeah, I have Chicago here at number three. I think their pitching is actually pretty bad. They added Eric Hosmer, Cody Bellinger, Trey Mancini, and Dan's Swanson this offseason. So, great additions there. I just think they're going to be really limited by their pitching. Cubs finishing third in the NL Central, which means I have the Brewers finishing second. You mentioned it, Marcus. I think they have the best rotation in all of baseball uh-huh. in their starting pitching. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Eric Lauer, and Freddie Peralta. They also added Jesse Winker in the offseason. It'll be interesting to see if Christian Yelich can return to that MVP caliber type player that he used to be. I have the Brewers finishing second. And I'm assuming here, guys, that we all have the Cardinals taking the NL Central. But yeah,
2: I was wrong yeah. in my last assumption, so take it away if I, if I am wrong here. Yeah, I'm with you, Jake, for the Brewers finishing in second and the Cardinals finishing in first. The Brewers are just not heading in the right direction. And Marcus, you mentioned in NBA, you have Real Housewives of ATL. Yeah. The, the Brewers are the Real Housewives of Milwaukee, right now. Corbin Burns is angry with the organization. He can't get a contract situated. And the Cardinals, they're and the Cardinals, they're just going to be looking to bolster from that early first round exit last year. And I just see St. Louis taking the NL Central again.
0: Yeah, the Cubbies finish second for that division, and the Cores taking that division again. Just a group of talented group of heavy hitters, including headed by, led by Nolan Arano.
1: Yeah, and Paul Goldschmidt reigning NL MVP. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then don't forget him. Just a bunch of comp- complimentary hitters after that. Tommy Edmond, of course, on that team as well. I like what the Cardinals have to offer in 2023, and that's why I have them taking the NL Central. We're going to head to our final break of today's Sports Power Talk. When we come back, we have three more divisions, of course, the three American League divisions to break down and give you our rankings for 2023. And then I've been teasing it all so long as well award predictions we have manager of the year predictions we have rookie of the year predictions we have cy young award predictions and mvp predictions as well you're not going to want to miss the last 30 or so minutes of sports power talk don't go anywhere we'll be back with you on the other side Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. You're tuning in to the final segment of today's Sports Power Talk live from the University of Akron. My name is Jake Murn the host of your show today. And today, I'm joined by
2: Casey Rush. Dad, if I can find some time to watch Monty Python, I'll definitely tell you how good it is. Today's, like, sports power
1: talk out of context is yeah. Monty Python 100%. <laughs> oh, yeah. And second, joining me on today's show... Potentially a rivalry brewing here at WZIP Sports. <laughs> it's yeah. Marcus Anderson.
0: Yeah, I think I remember the end, how that movie ended with that song. I remember that song playing. I always look on the bright side of life. It was—it's one of my favorite songs of all time. I correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember how it ended that way. I think.
1: Well, Marcus, I uh, I feel like we can use more Marcus Anderson singing on these airwaves. That was excellent, man. I know you <laughs> oh, thank you. you do a lot of work with late-night local talent. Maybe you should be the late-night oh, local okay. talent. Thanks.
0: Well, no. <laughs> I, I have been attending a lot of karaoke nights at the uh, Euro. So. Oh, <laughs> so,
1: yeah, you're practicing a little bit, getting better time and time again. Oh,
0: okay. What's your thank go-to you.
1: karaoke song?
0: It's Michael Jackson's Remember the Time. All right, well, fair enough, fair do enough. Do you remember the time <laughs> where we fell in love? Do you remember the time, the time where we first met, girl? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my
1: goodness. I... You only get this on Sports Power Talk, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, come on. What else can I say? Like, We started the fourth segment. I Ask, what's your favorite karaoke song? And then all of a sudden, Casey and Marcus bust out a duet here on SBT on these airwaves. Nice, I mean,
0: nice boy.
1: beautiful stuff. 10 out of 10 stuff. Um, I almost want that every single week. I mean, we can throw that in the new intro that we're making. Come on now great stuff there of course if you're tuning to tuning into sports power talk before we went to break you knew we were breaking down every single division in the mlb as we prepare for the 2023 season upon us we did all three nl divisions now we're moving on to the american league let's start with the american league east fifth team in the american league east guys who do you like
0: this is the most competitive division, best division of all baseball. Really? and oh, I man. got, definitely, absolutely. It's Not the NL the East?
1: I feel like the NL East is the
0: most competitive. Uh, nah. It's yeah. like, but I'll say, uh, this division, I'll say the Red Sox will finish last. I mean, Rafael Devers, the Lone Star in Boston, it's like they're going, going through a complete rebuild, and right above them is, once again, the Baltimore Orioles. Interesting, okay.
1: I have the the Rays finishing last. Really? Kind of a hot take there. I know they have the pitching, but I just don't know if those pitchers are going to play the same way this year mm-hmm. as they used to. Their lineup is still relatively weak. I like the Rays to finish last. I like the Red Sox finishing fourth. And I have the Orioles finishing
2: third in the AL East. Casey, go ahead. Well, I have the Boston Red Sox finishing last because... At least the four other teams are doing something to at least contend. Like, the only thing Boston did was sign Raphael Devers. If they didn't do that... They got Justin Turner as well. Yeah, Justin Turner. But if you if you didn't sign Raphael Devers, then you're going to see an empty Fenway Park for 81 games. Let's be real. And then for fourth, I do have Baltimore. They do... They're, I don't see them contending for a wild card spot just yet, but they still have some younger talent, and I think I think they're just a year or two away.
0: No, I'm gonna completely make a 180. I got Baltimore finishing third in this division, right above being better than the Rays. I mean, just to see them surprisingly finish, be one game short of making the playoffs in this in this tough division of the AL East. And then the Rays, seeing the Rays get upset by the Guardians and that classic, memorable, you know, the 15-inning game, 15-inning elimination of the Rays. It's just, I wish I was there. I wish I was there. I would have been there for the world.
1: Yeah, you probably would have been rooting the Rays.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that is, that is one, even though that is one of the best playoff games in Cleveland history, but this That's the turning point for the Braves. I think they got to take a, another team that's going to take a fall from Gray. So I see the Orioles. Things are coming up for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have the Orioles finishing third. So the top three teams, yeah.
2: I, you have the Rays finishing third? Yeah, I do have the Rays finishing third. They did miss out on some several free agent targets, but they still have Randy Rosarina. I still think Tampa Bay can contend, but... I just don't see him making the playoffs this year with how well these these teams from the other divisions have been playing.
1: All right, so the top two teams are the Yankees and the Blue Jays. Do you guys have it in that order? I do. What do you guys have?
0: So, which Rocky movie that that Jeremy fired knocked out Apollo Creed? Uh, Ivan I Drago. Was,
2: I think it was Rocky. I want to Rocky say 3, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah,
0: Rocky 4. That's how I see this yeah, going out. I think out. it
2: was Russian, actually.
0: Oh, Russian, Russian. It, he was Russia. Ivan Drago. That's how I see this going out. If I see dies, the Toronto Blue dies. Jays. Yep. I see the Toronto Blue Jays knocking out the Yankees. The Yankees are Apollo Creed, and the Blue Jays are Ivan Drago. Even though it was disappointing for me to see them get swept by the Mariners. Because. Surprised they get swept by the Mariners. They're the most exciting team in baseball. They're the most fun team in baseball, the most lethal team in baseball, and they got to come out on top of the AL East. And don't be surprised if you see them in the World Series. Man.
2: Marcus, I think you are reaching higher yes, than I'm going real bold for high. this. Real high. I mean, I think I'm the Braves. Real and, bold.
1: I think the Braves and Padres are the most exciting teams in baseball, yeah. the most dangerous teams in yeah. baseball. I don't think yeah. the Blue Jays are there quite
2: yet. Yeah, I. Actually, have the Yankees winning the AL East again? Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do too. That's how I to see it go. Alvin Drago, how he knocked out Apollo Creed, but ki- not only knocked out but killed him. That's how I see it. The Blue Jays gonna kill the Yankees.
2: Interesting. Uh, man. I don't. I hope that happens, but yeah, I, I don't mean, think I'm, it's gonna happen. I'm rooting for it. I just don't think it's going to
1: happen. I like the Yankees, and I don't really understand the hype between or behind the AL East. Like the NL East mm. is a hundred times better. You have the Mets. You have the Braves. You have the Phillies. How is that
2: not better than the Yankees and Blue Jays? It's a two team race. But, but the AL East is looking for teams looking to contend. With Baltimore getting better, Tampa Bay they are still as strong even with missing out on all those all those people. And Toronto is looking to bounce back from that eight one collapse. I mean, you could also say yeah, the Marlins are.
0: You know, I mean, the Blue Jays just. Just like the Padres, the Blue Jays are a number a bunch of heavy hitters. There's a group of heavy hitters headed by Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., like father, like son. It's just just like Drago in that movie, I must crush you. That's all they're going to be. Watch out, MLB. Watch out I for the Blue Jays. You.
1: Well, I also think the, uh, the AL West is better than the AL East. I think this is a stacked division as well. We'll start at number five. Give me three through five here, guys. Marcus, I'll go to you first.
0: Oh, is it like the Detroit Tigers and McGarry? Or the P- AL West. Oh, AL West, AL West. AL West. Oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs>
2: I think they would place last in the AL
0: West as well. <laughs> yeah. But
2: I do have the, unfortunately, the Oakland Athletics finishing in dead last in the AL West. Sorry, Marcus. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, I, I gotta be real. I gotta keep it real. <laughs> it's gonna be the A's, it's gonna be Oakland. Yeah. Right above of it, it's going to be the Texas Rangers. The same old Rangers. Okay.
2: Yeah. I, I agree. Have, yeah. I have the Texas Rangers in the fourth spot as well. They did add Jacob DeGrom. That should help him. If he stays bit, healthy. If he stays healthy. But the problem is there is not enough talent and consistency in the lineup for Texas to even challenge for a wild card spot. I don't okay. see the Texans. I don't see the Rangers going far. We all agree so far. Number three. The team that wastes Mike Trout and Shohei Ohtani every single year, the L.A. Angels. You need more than two players to succeed in a team sport such as baseball, Artie Moreno. And Tyler Anderson is improving in the rotation as as well as Hunter Renfro and Brendan Drury. But I just don't see the Angels doing much of anything.
1: Yeah, the Angels, their pitching is certainly a work in progress. I think this is the best lineup the Angels have put around Mike Trout in years, though. With all that being said, I still see them finishing third in the AL West, so I agree with you, Casey. Marcus, how do you see that playing out?
0: I still see it as the same old Angels. They got finish third in the AL wow. West like, once again, and they missed the playoffs once again. They just going uh, to keep disappointing.
1: Well, it looks like we're all on the same page. I feel like Astros-Mariners are a lock for one and two. Am I
0: wrong? Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's no doubt that Astros could keep being number one in that division and maybe number one in this whole league, pretty much. And the Mariners, I see them finally. Actually, they made the playoffs last year. I see them coming back to the playoffs this year, but a much better Mariners team this time. Absolutely. I think this might
2: be our first unanimous division. It is. I do have the Astros doing it again this year. They have... They're, of course, they're the reigning defending undisputed World Series champions. They did lose... They did lose Justin Verlander, and now they're without Jose Altuve for the foreseeable future, but the removal of Altuve's bat doesn't necessarily mean that the Astros cannot contend. Especially... It's just that Dusty Baker finally realizes what he's doing, and he finally wins that championship. He's got a whole lot of momentum to... Repeat next year, and then, of course, the Seattle Mariners. Of course, you got Leo Rodriguez, and you have, and you've upgraded the lineup with Tescar Hernandez. I pr- I apologize if I pr- if I pronounced it wrong. And Colton Wong. I think those will definitely help out the Mariners, but I still think the Astros win it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you guys. This is a clean sweep for us. We have the AL East or AL West, excuse me, playing out as Astros, Mariners, Angels, Rangers, and Athletics. Time now to go to our AL Central teams, of course, oh. our very own Cleveland Guardians. And this is our Around the Rue question for the week. Of course, Around the Rue, where we debate around the table and bring it to you via our Twitter page, at WZIP Sports. Question is very simple this week. It is, who's going to win the AL Central? So I know we start from the bottom to the top. We're switching it up here. We're starting from the top to the bottom, gentlemen. Who is going to win the AL Central in twenty twenty
0: three? The Cleveland Guardians. The
1: Cleveland Guardians, baby. The Cleveland Guardians. You love to hear it—a clean sweep here. On Sports Power Talk. And the tweet is now live on Twitter at Sports. So let us know who you think is going to win the AL Central. And if it is the Guardians, let us know why you think so. Who's the biggest threat to the Guardians, though? Who do you have finishing second in the division?
0: <sighs> just like last year, it's going to be the Minnesota Twins. Oh, yeah. And this was a talented team. It still is a talented team with Carlos Correa and and Braxton. And it's just a talented a a bunch of players, pretty much, and they almost got it last year. They was on until last year. Well, so. last
2: year, I think the White Sox finished in second by 11 games. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I wouldn't... Yes. Yeah, but I don't trust a team managed by Tony La Russa. I'd st- I also have Minnesota finishing in second. Of course, you got Carlos Correa back, and you also got Byron Buxton, Max Kepler, and Jorge Polanco. Yeah, th- it's going to be a mad dash between the Twins and and the Guardians for first place in the AL Central this time around. I don't know. I think the I think the Guardians run away with it. My hot really? take, I think the Guardians win this division by
1: 15-plus games. I think we run away with it. The Twins, I think they're overhyped. Sure, they brought back Carlos Correa, but will he be the same? I don't know. I, I, I don't feel confident saying I mean, yes to that question. <laughs> I mean, I,
0: I'll still look out for the how, uh, how crazy the MLB is, how Major League Baseball could be. I'll keep an eye out for the KC Royals. I'll keep an eye out for them. I was
1: finishing dead last in the division. Even worse than the Tigers. Even barely worse than the Tigers.
2: I mean, I'm not that low on the Kansas City Royals. I still have them finishing in fourth. And third, I got the Tony La Russa-led Chicago White Sox. It's just a shame that you're... It's just a shame you are wasting Tim Anderson. That guy can do a lot of damage. Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert... Robert Jr., Ilan Makata, Lance Lynn. Please stop wasting those guys, Tony LaRusa. You Ate have the th- talent, just use them. I hate to break it to you, man. Tony LaRusa, not the manager anymore. Well, good. Now Chicago can actually do something for once.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, because I know he had some medical issues last year. He did step down. It is Pedro Grifol, so a new name there, Ooh. in the White Sox pen managing the team. We'll see if that does anything, but I also have the White Sox finishing third. So my AL Central rankings for 2023, Guardians, Twins, White Sox, Tigers, Royals. I think you guys mostly agree, but with... A switch there at the end with the Royals and Tigers, right?
2: Yeah, Yeah. I got. Yeah, I have the Royals finishing fourth, and then the Tigers and did last.
1: All right. Well, again, we want to hear from you. Go to our Twitter page right now at WZIP Sports. The poll is officially live. Let us know who you think is going to win the 2023 AL Central pennant. I expect a majority of votes to go towards the Cleveland Guardians and. Rightfully so. I I don't think it's blind optimism this year. I think they actually have a legit chance at repeating as AL Central champions. Before we wrap up today's show, I mentioned it before, we are going to do 2023 MLB award predictions as well. We have Rookie of the Year awards to give out. We have Manager of the Year awards to give out along with Cy Young and MVP awards to give out. We start with Rookie of the Year. AL Rookie of the Year,
2: guys. Go ahead and give it to me. I hate to inflate Jake Murray Goat's ego a little bit, but I have Gunnar Henderson from the Orioles finishing as the AL rookie of the year. He he didn't play enough games to be classified as a rookie last year, but in his in his stint, he had four home runs, eighteen RBIs, and a batting average of two fifty-nine. That's not bad for rookie numbers. <clears throat> I could totally see Gunnar Henderson running away with it.
1: Yeah, him and Adley Rutschman are the future in Baltimore. I agree with you. He's been a rising prospect for years. I think he he should claim the AL Rookie of the Year this season. Do you agree, Marcus?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think he could be that piece that could lift Baltimore over maybe the Mariners and get into the playoffs that they should have last year. All right,
2: interesting. NL Rookie of the Year, who do you guys like? Well, it's around the same talent as Gunnar Henderson, but I have Corbin Carroll from the Arizona Diamondbacks. He has a bad average of 260 and once again, he didn't play enough games to classify as a rookie last year, but in his stint, he had bad 260, four home runs, 14 RBIs, and it's one of the more bright spots for the beautiful bright spots for the Diamondbacks this year. I could totally see Corbin Carroll taken away.
0: Like right. Corbett Carroll, I can easily see him as going down as one of the best hitters that baseball has seen in a long time. He's an RBI machine already, has shown in spring training, and could bring life into a lifeless Arizona Diamondbacks team.
1: I'm taking a flyer here for NL Rookie of the Year. I like Jordan Walker from the Cardinals. He officially made the opening day roster for them, which is big. He has a stellar team around him. And his batting average of .295 this spring. He also hit three ten in the minors. I think this is just a hitter any way you look at it. I like him for NL Rookie of the Year. AL Manager of the Year and NL Manager of the Year. Not the most exciting award, but give me both of them. Marcus, I'll go to you first.
0: Okay, for the NL, it could be David Ross. I mean, the Cubs right now, they're building themselves up from floor up, floor to ceiling, just the same way they did in 2016 when they drafted Chris Bryant. They could be that same team as they were, not saying 2017 when they won the World Series, but back to being one of the most dominant teams in all baseball. And for the AL, it could be, it could be Scott Servais uh, for the Mariners. The Mariners are slowly becoming one of the most elite teams in all of baseball and slowly becoming one of the most dangerous teams in all of baseball. That's because of him.
2: Yeah, I can totally... Yeah, but for the NL, I don't think Buck Showalter is going to be doing a surprise repeat this year. I have Bob Melvin for the Padres. I think he has the pieces to lift the Padres over the Dodgers, and I think he's definitely going to give the Padres another deep run in the playoffs. As for the AL, I could totally see Terry Francona going back to back, lifting up that young core once again, and hopefully he can win it again back to back. All right, you love to hear it for the
1: AL. I agree with Marcus, I have Scott of the Mariners. And then for the NL, I agree with Casey, I have Bob Melvin of the Padres. So some consensus picks there for the AL and NL Manager of the Year awards. We move on to the Cy Young. We'll do the same thing here. Marcus, I'll go to you first. Both your AL and NL Cy Young.
0: Now, AL is tough, so I'll go on an NL. It's Mad Max, Max Serger from the New York Mets. And then for out the AL, it's a three-horse it's a three way race between Garrett Cole from the Yankees, Shane Bieber from the Guardians, and also Zach Granke from the Warriors.
1: Greinke Granke surprises me a lot if they were gonna to go to Graham from the Rangers, if he stays healthy, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So who do you who do you like? Who would you give it to?
0: I think Shane Bieber.
2: Wow. For the Ooh. second time, Shane Bieber
0: that. gets the award.
2: Marcus, I hope Shane Bieber gets the award for AL Cy Young, but I think it's gonna to go to Garrett Cole for the Yankees. Because the Yankees have so much talent, unfortunately, and the NL, I have a team. I have a guy that's currently being wasted by Milwaukee. I have Corbin Burns winning the NL Cy Young. For my NL Cy Young,
1: I don't have Mad Max. I have his teammate, I have Justin Verlander. He's Ooh. a three-time mm-hmm. AL Cy Young winner. I get, it. I think he's going to get an NL Cy Young this year. For my AL Cy Young winner, it took a dark horse here, a little bit of a flyer, Alec Manoa. Of the Blue Jays, of your oh. of worst sometime Blue Jays, Marcus. <laughs> Alec, Alec Manoa is a dark horse for the award. I really like him to win the AL Cy Young this year. One more category, of course. It's the Most Valuable Player
2: Award. AL, just give me the AL. Uh, Casey, go to you first. I want it to be Jose Ramirez, but as you all know, the MLB, the MLB likes the... They love riding on the Yankees. Let's do Aaron
0: Judge going back-to-back. Wow, okay. Marcus? Like father, like son. Vladimir Guerrero Jr.
1: I would love to see that. I'm going Shohei Otani of the Angels. Of course, the 2021 American League MVP. I think there was some voter fatigue last year, but Aaron Judge did deserve it. I don't expect Judge to have an insane year this year like he no, did last obviously year. not. But- yeah, and like... The WBC reminded everyone of how special a player Otani is. He's not the best hitter in terms of batting average, but he hits for power. He's a great pitcher as well. Everybody is in all of this, man. I think he gets his second AL MVP of his career. NL MVP, Marcus, go.
0: I want to say Ron Okune, but unfortunately, he's going to be the runner-up to Ron Soto.
2: Yep, give me Ron Soto for the Padres as the NL MVP as well. I'm taking a bunch of dark horses for these awards.
1: Give me Trey Turner of the Phillies Ooh. for NL MVP. Okay. Potential recency bias from me for this one because of his play in the WBC. Last season, though, he, he hit two ninety eight with 100 RBIs with the Dodgers. He rarely strikes out. The only thing limiting him is his power. And he's brought that and then some in the World Baseball Classic and in spring training. I like Trey Turner for NL MVP. How about that, guys? That'll do it for our MLB season preview. I cannot wait for opening day on Thursday. And that's going to do it for the March 26th edition of Sports Power Talk. We talked about the Browns offseason moves, the Cavs chances in the playoffs, the NCAA tournament, and so much about the great sport of baseball. Any last thoughts
2: on today's show, gentlemen? Fairly Dickinson Anderson.
0: <laughs> yeah, Fair Dickinson. Oh I my god! That's why I want to name my daughter. If I have a daughter, I'll name her Fair Dickinson, or at least Fair. Okay.
1: Fairly. Fairly. Are we thinking nice first, name, name? first name, middle name, or are we just like hyphenating uh, it? First,
0: first name, first name, middle name. Fairly Dickinson, Dickinson Anderson.
2: Fairly Dickinson Anderson. I gotta say, that does it's, it's, have a good ring to do it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, Marcus. Yeah, yeah, sh- shout
0: out to Fair Dickinson, making it a sweet sex scene. Bessie I'm going to name my daughter after you.
2: Actually fairly didn't make it to the sweet 16 unfortunately but uh-huh. They definitely had a yeah. run to
0: upsetting Purdue. I'm saying Purdue. Yeah. All right. Shout Fair, out enough.
2: To Fair enough. <laughs> Opening day is on Thursday.
1: I couldn't be happier for baseball to be back. I'm excited to set my fantasy baseball lineup every single day. And I'm excited to watch a Guardian season that is on paper, at least, exciting and expected to go very well. If you want more from WZIP Sports, then check out our two podcasts, SBT Rewind and SBT Overtime, wherever you get your podcasts. Logan Congrove, recently sat down with Walsh Jesuit High School women's soccer coach Javier arts Hopefully I'm pronouncing that name correctly. Easily the biggest episode we've dropped so far. So go check that out along with a new NFL draft series that kicks off tomorrow. Joining me on today's show today though were... I'm Casey Rush.
0: Marcus Anderson.
1: My name is Jake Murrin. Be kind to one another, Akron and SBT will be back. Same time and place next week on 88.1 WZIP.